ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so in order to continue with the book that we've been studying which is the conditions of the la ilaha illa allah the testification of Tawheed, that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. We've been going through the conditions that are mentioned in this small treatise of Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah ta'ala. We've now reached the sixth condition. The sixth condition in regards to the La ilaha illallah. Because as we mentioned, this statement, La ilaha illallah, it's not just something that you say, without understanding its meaning, or without understanding what this then requires from you. Because a Muslim who says, La ilaha illallah, and testifies to that, that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah, then this statement requires certain actions from that person. It requires certain things from the individual who says it. It's not just about saying it and forgetting about it, without knowing its meaning or acting upon it. So that's what we are discussing in these conditions, and now we come to the sixth condition. The sixth condition is submission. Submission with regards to the rights and the requirements of this testification as we just mentioned. And they are the righteous actions the duties that a person must do sincerely for the sake of Allah, desiring the pleasure and reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this sixth condition linked to La ilaha illallah is al-inqiyad, which is submission. Submission to Allah in terms of fulfilling the rights of La ilaha illallah, the duties that are then required of you that are necessitated upon you in terms of the righteous actions and obedience which you are to then do sincerely for the sake of Allah, desiring the reward of Allah. Because no doubt those actions, they are then required from you if you are going to testify to La ilaha illallah. Testifying to this tawheed then necessitates from you to act upon that tawheed. So that is what this condition is going to speak about in terms of the submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The ayat which are mentioned here, دليل الانقياد لما دلت عليه قوله تعالى The evidence for this submission is the statement of Allah وَأَنِيبُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ وَأَسْلِمُوا لَهُ That turn to your Lord in repentance and submit to Him. Turn to your Lord. أَنِيبُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ وَأَسْلِمُوا لَهُ And submit to him. And the statement of Allah, وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ دِينًا مِّمَّنْ أَسْلَمَ وَجْهَهُ لِلَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسِنٌ And who can be better in religion than the one who submits his face to Allah, submits himself to Allah, and he is righteous, he does righteous deeds, he is upon goodness. And similarly the statement of Allah, وَمَنْ يُسْلِمْ وَجْهَهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسِنٌ فَقَدْ إِسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَةِ That whoever submits himself to Allah and is a doer of good, 
he's a good doer, he's righteous, he's pious, and he submits himself to Allah, then Allah says, he has grasped the most trustworthy handhold. He has grasped the most trustworthy handhold. Meaning, la ilaha illallah. He is upon righteousness and goodness, the individual who submits himself to Allah, and then he does the pious and righteous actions. And similarly, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجًا مِمَّا قَضَيْتَ وَيُسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا That by, uh, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ But know by your Lord, they can have no faith until they make you the judge in all disputes between them. And then find in themselves no resistance against your decisions and they accept them with full submission. That know by your Lord, they cannot have faith until they make you the judge in all their disputes between them. And then find in themselves, i.e. they do not find in themselves rather, they do not find in themselves any resistance against your decisions, and they accept them with full submission. And then we have the hadith, لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يَكُونَ هَوَاهُ تَبْعًا لِمَا جِئْتُ بِهِ that none of you shall truly believe until his desires are in line with what I have come with. I.e. that he is sub- uh, submissive and compliant with that which I have come with. So these are some of the narrations that are mentioned in this particular chapter. Some of the evidences to prove that a person who says the La ilaha illallah, who bears testification to this statement of Tawheed, then one of the things that is required from that person is to then be submissive to Allah, to then be subservient to Allah in fulfilling the commandments and the duties and the responsibilities upon him as a believer having said the la ilaha illallah. So the first evidence that was mentioned there was the statement of Allah, وَأَنِيبُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ وَأَسْلِمُوا That return to your Lord, repent to your Lord, and submit to him. This ayah, the next part of it actually says, مِن قَبْلِ أَن يَأْتِيَكُمُ الْعَذَابُ ثُمَّ لَا تُنصَرُونَ That return to your Lord, submit to your Lord, and do that before the punishment comes upon you, and then you cannot be aided. Do that now, return to Allah, submit to Allah before the punishment comes, and then you cannot be aided. One of the scholars of tafsir, Al-Imam Al-Baghawi, rahimahullah, said regarding that, وَأَنِيبُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ أَيْ أَقْبِلُوا وَارْجِعُوا إِلَيْهِ بِالطَّاعَةِ Meaning, submit yourselves to Allah, and be open and approach the worship and obedience of Allah. Do the obedience and the worship of Allah and be forthcoming to that worship and obedience and return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in obedience. وَأَسْلِمُوا لَهُ وَأَخْلِصُوا لَهُ التَّوْحِيدِ That, do all of that with sincerity. Return back to Allah with worship and obedience. Make yourselves humble and submissive to Allah with worship and obedience upon sincerity of tawheed. That you're doing all of that sincerely for the sake of Allah, not for any other deity, individual, whomsoever it may be. مِن قَبْلِ أَنْ يَأْتِيَكُمُ الْعَذَابُ ثُمَّ لَا تُنصَرُونَ Before the punishment comes upon you, 
Do that, return to Allah, be submissive, be obedient. Before the punishment comes upon you and then you cannot be aided. Al-Imam Sa'adi, rahimahullah ta'ala, another one of the scholars mentioned, وَلِهَذَا أَمَرَ تَعَالَى بِالْإِنَابَ إِلَيْهِ وَالْمُبَادَرَ إِلَيْهَا فَقَالْ And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded to return back to him and to hasten to that. To hasten to returning back to Allah and being, observ- uh, being subservient and being obedient and humble and modest in worship with your hearts and with your limbs. Return back to Allah with your hearts, your dependence, your trust. All of that in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your hope, your love, your fear. All of these affairs, you return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in them. But similarly with your actions on your limbs, the actions that you do with your body parts. بِجَوَارِحِكُمْ إِذَا أَفْرَدْتَ الْإِنَابَ دَخَلْتَ فِيهَا دَخَلَتْ إِذَا أُفْرِدَتِ الْإِنَابَ دَخَلَتْ فِيهَا أَعْمَالُ الْجَوَارِحِ وَإِذَا جُمِعَ بَيْنَهُمَا كَمَا فِي هَذَا الْمَوْضِعِ كَانَ الْمَعْنَى مَا ذَكَرْنَا the shaykh says that if you mention this inaba, returning back to Allah by itself in the singular form, then the actions of the limbs come into it as well. So you return back to Allah with your heart and the actions of the heart, the love, the fear, the hope, the trust, the dependence, tawakkul. And also with the actions of your limbs and your worship and your obedience, then return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's like Allah said in the Quran, وَلِلَّا wala. وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُ مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا That indeed the masajid, they are for Allah. وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُ مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا So do not call upon others besides Allah with Him. Some of the scholars, they said, المساجد, the meaning of it is the houses of Allah, the masajid, but also the body parts. The body parts are masajid. Because these are the body parts that you use to prostrate with. So use those for the worship of Allah and not for the worship of anyone else. And in the statement, إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ وَأَسْلِمُوا لَهُ And submit to Allah, there is an evidence that this must be done upon sincerity. Submit to Allah upon sincerity. Just as Allah commanded us in the Qur'an, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاءَ they were not commanded except to worship Allah upon sincerity, upon tawheed. That is the commandment of Allah upon us, to worship Him alone without any shirk. Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon tawheed, and do not commit any form of shirk. And then he says at the end, مِن قَبْلِ أَنْ يَأْتِيَكُمُ الْعَذَابِ Do all of that, return back to Allah, be subservient, be obedient, before the punishment comes upon you. مَجِيئًا لَا يَدْفَعْ ثُمَّ لَا تُنْصَرُونَ Then when it comes, it cannot be removed. This punishment. Then you will not be aided. فَكَأَنَّهُ قِيلُ So it is as if it is being said, مَا هِيَ الْإِنَابَةُ وَالْإِسْلَامُ وَمَا جُزْئِيَاتُهُمَا وَجُزْئِيَاتِهِمَا وَأَعْمَالِهِمَا So it is as if it is being said now, the question is, how do you do this? Inaba, how do you do this returning to Allah, repenting to Allah, being subservient and obedient to Allah? And then the answer can be found in the ayah, Follow the best of that which has been revealed to you from your Lord. Follow the best of that which has been revealed to you from your Lord. 
in terms of the obedience and the commandments and staying away from the prohibitions. The Shaykh says in the explanation of that, Shaykh Ubaid, Hafidahullah, he says, قُلْتُ وَتَفْسِيرُ هَذَيْنِ الْإِمَامِينَ مُسْتَنْبَطٌ مِنْ ارْتِبَاطِ الْآيَةِ بِالَّتِي قَبْلَهَا He says, the tafsir of these two imams, Al-Imam Al-Baghawi, Wal-Imam Al-Sa'di, Rahimahum Allah, it is derived from the connection of this ayah to another ayah. There is a connection between this ayah, which refers to returning back to Allah, being obedient to Allah, subservient to Allah in your obedience, your, com- your fulfilling of the commandments. All of that is linked to another ayah. It is linked to another ayah within the Qur'an when Allah said, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ Say, O oh my slaves, those who have oppressed themselves, those who have transgressed, لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Do not be despondent from the mercy of Allah. Do not think that the mercy of Allah cannot encompass you. Do not think that your sins are such that you can never be forgiven. Rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He forgives the sins. And that's why it's mentioned in the hadith Qudsi, Ya ibadi, innakum tukhti'una bil-layli wal-nahar, wa ana aghfiru al-dhunuba jami'a, fastaghfiruni, aghfir lakum. In the hadith Qudsi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O oh my slaves, you commit sins night and day. You commit sins and errors night and day, but I am the one who forgives. So seek my forgiveness and I will forgive. And that is for the person who returns to Allah upon sincerity, returns to Allah with a humble heart in obedience and subservience, and returns to Allah in seeking that forgiveness. For the one who does that, then that is the one it is mentioned Allah will forgive. Even if it was from the greatest of the sins like shirk, an individual commits shirk, then if that individual was to return to Allah upon sincerity, with pure humbleness and modesty, and with regret over what he did, then upon that pure state of repentance, then Allah forgives. And that's why in this ayah it says, do not be despondent. Don't think that it's too late, or it's finished, or the sin is too great, that you cannot be forgiven. But rather return to Allah, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا because indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He forgives all of the sins. إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Indeed Allah, He is the all-forgiving uh, and the all-merciful. وَيَزِيدُ الْمَعْنَى وُضُوحًا وَتَأْكِيدًا مَا فِي صَحِيحِ مُسْلِمْ عَنَ بِهُرَيْرَةَ أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَالْ Then Shaykh Ubaid, Hafizahullah mentions, that this meaning is made even more clearer, and it is emphasized further by that which is found in Sahih Muslim, from the narration of Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, that the Prophet ﷺ said, بَادِرُوا بِالْأَعْمَالِ بَادِرُوا بِالْأَعْمَالِ That hasten towards your actions before six things occur. The rising of the sun from the west. 
And we know that that is one of the major signs of the hour, when the sun rises from the opposite side from the west. Awid Dukhan, oh the smoke, Awid Dajjal, the Jal, Awid Dabba, the beast, Aw Khasati Ahadikum, Aw Amril Amma, Khasat Ahadikum, one of you specifically, or one of you generally. How did they mention it there? One's private affairs, specific affairs, or the open and public affairs. So prior to these affairs, the Prophet ﷺ says, hasten towards your actions, hasten towards your obedience and returning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's just like the same, as Allah mentioned in that same hadith Qudsi, إِنَّمَا هِيَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ Indeed, these are your actions. They are your actions. They are actions that you do and obedience that you do for the pleasure of Allah, sincerely for the sake of Allah, for your own good. Because no matter how many actions and obedience we do, it doesn't increase the kingdom of Allah. And no matter how much sins we may do, it doesn't decrease the kingdom of Allah. That is mentioned in the very same hadith Qudsi. لَوْ أَنَّ أَوَّلَكُمْ وَآخِرَكُمْ وَإِنْسَكُمْ وَجِنَّكُمْ كَانُوا عَلَىٰ أَتْقَى قَلْبِ رَجُلٍ وَاحِدٍ مَا زَادَ ذَلِكَ مِنْ مُلْكِ شَيْءٍ أو في ملك شيء. If all of you were upon the most righteous heart, every single one from the beginning to the end, the jinn, the humans, upon the most righteous and obedient way to Allah, it wouldn't increase the kingdom of Allah. وَلَوْ أَنَّ أَوَّلَكُمْ وَآخِرَكُمْ وَإِنْسَكُمْ وَجِنَّكُمْ كَانُوا عَلَىٰ أَفْجَرِ قَلْبِ رَجُلٍ وَاحِدٍ مَا نَقَصَ ذَلِكَ مِنْ مُلْكِ شَيْئًا and if all of you from the beginning to the end to the day of judgment, every male, female, jinn, human, if you were all upon the most evil of hearts, most disobedient, then that still wouldn't decrease anything from the kingdom of Allah. That's why Allah said at the end, إِنَّمَا هِيَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ They are your actions. You do this obedience, you do these actions for your own good. Do them for the sake of Allah, sincerely desiring the reward of Allah for your accountability. Not that it's going to increase the kingdom of Allah or decrease the kingdom of Allah. So it says here now, be uh, hastened towards these actions. Then it says the next ayah, قَوْلُهُ وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ دِينًا مِمَّنْ أَسْلَمَ وَجْهَهُ لِلَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسِنٌ And who is better in his religion than the one who submits to Allah and he is righteous? The one who submits to Allah and is obedient to Allah and he is righteous and does good deeds. And that is just like the remainder of the ayah says, وَاتَّبَعَ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ حَنِيفًا يَعْنِي لَا أَحَدُ لَا أَحَدَ أَحْسَنُ تَدَيُّنًا وَتَعَبُّدًا لِلَّهِ مِمَّنْ جَمْعَ فِي أَقْوَالِهِ وَأَعْمَالِهِ بَيْنَ الْإِسْلَامِ وَالْإِحْسَانِ So who is better than the one who submits to Allah and then is pious and righteous following the uh, Milla of Ibrahim, i.e. following the way of Ibrahim upon Tawheed. Ibrahim alayhi salam. Who is better than the one who is righteous and makes his religion that religion of Tawheed and therefore in his statements and in his actions he is obedient in terms of practicing that Islam and he is upon Ihsan. Ihsan as the scholars have mentioned أن تعبد الله كأنك تراه فإن لم تكن تراه فإنه يراك That you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you see him. And even if you can't see him, and you cannot, then indeed Allah sees you. 
That is ihsan that an individual can get to that level in his worship. Al-Hafidh ibn Kathir, rahimahullahu ta'ala, he says, لَمَّا ذَكَرَ الْجَزَاءَ عَلَى سَيِّئَاتِ وَأَنَّهُ لَا بُدَّ أَنْ يَأْخُذَ مُسْتَحَقِّهَا مِنَ الْعَبْدِ إِمَّا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَهُوَ الْأَجْوَدُ لَهُ وَإِمَّا فِي الْآخِرَةِ وَالْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ ذَلِكَ وَنَسْأَلُهُ الْعَافِيَةِ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ وَصَحْحِ وَالْعَفْوِ وَالْمُصَامَحَةِ شَرَعَ فِي بَيَانِ إِحْسَانِهِ وَكَرَمِهِ وَرَحْمَتِهِ فِي قَبُولِ الْأَعْمَالِ فِي قَبُولِ الْأَعْمَالِ وَالصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْ عِبَادَةِ ذُكْرَانَهُمْ وَإِنَاثَهُمْ بِشَرْطِ الْإِيمَانِ So here Al-Hafidh ibn Kathiri says that when he mentioned the reward or the recompense rather upon the evil deeds and that every individual will be held accountable for what he does either in this earth or in the hereafter. And we seek refuge in Allah from being that in that state where we are held accountable for these affairs in the hereafter. And we ask Allah to give us forgiveness and to overlook the sins and to pardon us. Then Al-Hafid ibn Kathir says, after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala began to mention the reward and the generosity and the mercy and the acceptance of the righteous actions from the slaves, whether they are male or female, with the condition that they are upon iman. The ones who are upon iman, they are upon that belief, and then they do their righteous actions, male and female. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions here His mercy upon them, and the acceptance of their deeds, وَأَنَّهُ سَيُدْخِلُهُمُ الْجَنَّةِ And that Allah will enter those types of people into paradise, وَلَا يُظْلِمُهُمْ مِنْ حَسَنَاتِهِمْ وَلَا مِقْدَارَ النَّقِيرِ And Allah will not oppress them in terms of their uh, uh, good deeds, even to the amount of a miqdar al-naqir, naqir with the date, the, the thing in the date, what does it mention? Yeah, the meaning of it is the example used is something very minute. Something very minute from a date seed. Meaning not anything at all. Allah would not oppress anyone on that day whatsoever. That's just like the hadith al-bitaqa. When that individual comes with 99 scrolls of evil deeds, and then Allah will say to him, do you have anything good? He will say, I have nothing. But then Allah will say to him, nobody is going to be oppressed today. You do have something good. And a parchment will be brought out which says La ilaha illallah on it. So no individual will be oppressed on that day whatsoever. Every individual will be given his due right accordingly with the actions that he did. And they are all recorded. As Allah mentioned, That we have our noble guardians upon you recording everything you do. And they are aware of everything that you do. So then this statement, وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ دِينًا مِمَّنْ أَسْلَمَ وَجْهَهُ لِلَّهِ Who is the best in his religion or better than the one who submits his face to Allah, i.e. is sincere to Allah, subservient to Allah, then that is something he does in his actions, and he does it upon iman and ihtisaban. Meaning he does his actions sincerely for the sake of Allah, desiring the reward from Allah. Desiring the end reward and pleasure of Allah, knowing that Allah will reward that individual or the promise that Allah has made of the reward for those actions. Not doing it for any worldly gain or other reasons, but it does it desiring the reward and the pleasure of Allah.
وَهُوَ مُحْسِنْ And he is a muhsin. اَيْ اِتَّبَعَ فِي عَمَلِهِ مَا شَرْعَهُ اللَّهُ لَهُ وَمَا أَرْسَلَ بِهِ رَسُولَهُ مِنَ الْهُدَى وَدِينَ الْحَقِّ Muhsin meaning that he follows in his actions, the actions that he does, he follows the legislation that Allah has placed upon him. The legislation that Allah sent with the messengers in terms of the guidance and the truth. وَهَذَانِ الشَّرْطَانِ لَا يَصِحُ عَمَلُ عَامِلٍ بِدُونِهِمَا These two conditions, without them, the actions of a person cannot be accepted. And those two conditions are the sincerity to Allah in everything that you do, desiring the reward of Allah in all of that which you do. إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ As the Prophet ﷺ said, all of your actions are but by your intention. And the ayah that we mentioned, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ They were not commanded except to worship Allah sincerely. So one condition for every act of worship, the shaykh says, is sincerity. And the second is this, to follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, the guidance and the revelation that Allah sent down with the prophets and the messengers. Both of those need to be in place for the action to be correct and for it to be accepted. والصواب نعم أي يكون خالصا صوابا والخالص أن يكون لله والصواب أن يكون متابعا للشريعة متابعا للشريعة فيصح ظاهره بالمتابعة وباطنه بالإخلاص and the meaning of that is that you are upon sincerity that's what makes the action correct and uh, the action must also be in accordance to the sunnah and the legislation so that the action is correct inwardly and outwardly Inwardly the action will be correct because you're doing it sincerely for the sake of Allah. And outwardly the action will be correct because you're doing it in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As for an individual who is missing one of these two pillars, then that action becomes incorrect. So an individual who is missing the pillar of sincerity... He does his actions for other than sincerity. Then that individual's action is deficient, it is incorrect. He is not doing it for the sake of Allah. And in fact, that is even termed as a type of shirk. It is showing off, attempting to do your actions for other than the sake of Allah. Or doing your actions for the sake of the worldly benefits and gains. But a person does not do his actions for those reasons. Do the actions sincerely for the sake of Allah. Otherwise, it becomes a type of action that is not sincere. And that is already mentioned by many narrations. Like on the Day of Judgment, it will be said to those people, اِذْهَبُوا إِلَى مَنْ كُنْتُمْ تُرَاؤُونَ فِي الدُّنْيَا هَلْ تَجِدُونَ عِنْدَهُمْ مِنْ جَزَاءٍ Go to the people you used to show off in front of. See if you find any reward with them now. Will they give you any reward? Not at all. And just like the three individuals, the one who fought in the path of Allah, and the one who used to teach, and the one who used to give in charity, it will be said to all of them, كَذَبْتْ You are lying. You only used to fight because you wanted the people to say you're brave. You only used to teach because you wanted the people to say, look how good a reciter you are. And you only used to give in charity because you wanted the people to say, look how generous you are. And so all of them will be thrown into the fire. That is the first condition that is a must. Sincerity to Allah in actions. The second condition that is a must is the following of the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ for the action to be correct and accepted. And that is as Allah said, وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوهُ 
that which the Prophet ﷺ gives you, then take it and implement it and practice it. And that which he prohibits you from, then stay away from it. And the hadith, مَا أَمَرْتُكُمْ بِهِ فَأْتُوا مِنْهُ مَا اسْتَضَعْتُمْ وَمَا نَهَيْتُكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُ That which I have commanded you with, then do as much as you are able. And that which I have prohibited you from, then stay away from it. And Allah said in the Qur'an, وَمَا يَنْتِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَى The Prophet wasallam doesn't speak from his desires, rather that is revelation from Allah. So following the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is a must for the action to be correct and acceptable and good. And then after that it's also mentioned here, وَاتَّبَعَ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ حَنِيفًا That a person, he follows the way of Ibrahim ﷺ upon Tawheed. And that is of course Muhammad ﷺ and the followers, the believers up until the Day of Judgment. And that's why it mentions, إِنَّ أَوْلَى النَّاسِ بِإِبْرَاهِيمَ لَلَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُ وَهَذَا النَّبِيِّ That the most deserving of the people for Ibrahim a.s. or in, in regards to Ibrahim a.s. are the ones who follow him and this Prophet. And similarly Allah said, ثُمَّ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ أَنِ اتَّبِعْ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ حَنِيفًا وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ And then we inspired you and revealed upon you to follow the way of Ibrahim a.s. And he was not from the disbelievers, the mushrikeen. So what can be taken from these evidences so far? أَنَّهُ لَا يُنَالُ عَمَلٌ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ الْقَبُولِ حَتَّى يَجْتَمْعُ فِيهِ الْإِيمَانِ بِاللَّهِ وَالْإِخْلَاصِ لَهُ وَمُتَابَعَةُ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ Firstly, that an action cannot be accepted by Allah except if it is done upon iman and in sincerity to Allah and in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Because when a person doesn't follow the sunnah and he makes his own actions up, then that individual is, as the Salaf said, كَمْ مِنْ مُرِيدٍ لِلْخَيْرِ لَمْ يُصِبْهُ How many people are there out there? And look at the statement of the Salaf, how applicable it is. They, see, they used to say with some of them, how many people out there, كَمْ مِنْ مُرِيدٍ لِلْخَيْرِ want goodness. How many people out there, they want goodness, their intentions, they want goodness. Lam yusibhu, but they never get it. They never achieve or obtain or gain or get to the goodness that they want. Even though they might have good intention and sincere intentions, and they want to get to this goodness, they never reach it. Why? Because even though in their hearts they might want goodness and their intentions might be sincere, because they are opposing or they have distanced themselves to some degree from the methodology of the Salaf, from the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, then they find that their actions do not lead them to the goodness that they may desire. It's not just about somebody having a good intention. It's about doing that with the sincerity and in accordance to the Sunnah, upon the methodology of the Salaf of this Ummah. That's why... We keep saying, and we've mentioned before, our religion is not based upon emotions. Many people now, they'll say to you, but the jama'atul tabligh, they do so much good work. They go out and they're trying to call people to da'wah, they're calling them to the prayer. They're doing good things, they have good intentions, speak to them, look how beautiful their manners are. This is what people say. Then you tell them, the salaf used to say, Kam min muridin lil lam How many people are there out there, they want goodness, but they never get it. Why? Because they aren't doing the basics of what we've been taught. 
If you want goodness, you want any action of obedience to be accepted, then with sincerity to Allah and within the bounds of the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. If you go out of the bounds, then do not accept, do not expect it to be good and accepted and for you to reach that goodness. And that's why the Jama'at al-Tabliq and these individuals, even if they believe they are upon sincerity and wanting goodness, then their style and their methodology and how they do it, all of it has exited from the bounds of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah and the teachings of the Prophet So example of that is Aqeedah and Tawheed. They do not focus on Aqeedah and Tawheed. Yet the Prophet for 10 or 13 years was preaching purely Aqeedah and Tawheed even before the establishment of the prayer came. The prayer was established much later. For the early years, it was all about Tawheed. The very first ayat that were revealed in the Qur'an, from amongst the very first ayat, Ya أَيُّهَا الْمُدَّثِّرِ Later on, وَالرُّجِزَ فَهْجُرْ The very first thing Allah commanded was, warn from the shirk, call to the Tawheed. And yet these people, when they go out, they do nothing of the sort. Aqeedah and Tawheed and these things are off-limits. Because as these types of misguided individuals claim, if you talk about those things, you're going to split people up. If you talk about Aqeedah, Tawheed, Allah is above the throne, you're going to split everybody up. So then what's the meaning of the statement of Allah? وَاعْتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا Cling on to the rope of Allah, united all of you together, and do not separate. How does that unity come? It comes through the clinging on to the rope of Allah, which is the Qur'an and the Sunnah upon the methodology of the Salaf of this Ummah. And any individual who goes outside of that with their desires or with their principles that are false principles, then do not expect that they will find goodness or that they will reach that goodness. Then after that it mentions, uh, just to summarize the affair, the ayah, وَمَنْ يُسْلِمُ وَجْهَهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسِنْ فَقَدْ إِسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ That whoever submits his face to Allah and he does his righteous actions, then indeed he has taken a firm grasp. He has taken a good handhold, a strong handhold, meaning he is upon a good, strong, firm position. The one who then submits himself to Allah and does the righteous and correct actions. اَيْ بِلَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ i.e. through, how do you do that? Through the statement, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Not there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. قُلْتُ قَدْ جَاءَ هَذَا التَّفْسِيرُ عَنْ بَعْضِ الصَّلَفِ وَإِتْمَامًا لِلْفَائِدَةِ وَتَقْوِيَةٌ لِلْمَعْنَى نَنْقُلُ مَا قَالَهُ ابْنُ كَثِيرٍ فَنَذِيرُ هَذِي الْآيَةِ مِنْ سُورَةِ الْبَقَرَةِ وَهِيَ قَوْلُهُ فَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِالطَّاغُوتِ وَيُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ إِسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَى لَمْ فِصَامَ لَهَا وَاللَّهُ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ اي مَنْ خَلَعَ الْأَنْدَادَ وَالْأَوْثَانَ وَمَا يَدْعُو إِلَيْهِ الشَّيْطَانُ مِنْ عِبَادَةِ كُلِّ كُلِّ مَا يُعْبَدُ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ وَوَحَّدَ اللَّهَ فَعَبَدَهُ وَوَحَّدَهُ وَحْدَهُ وَشَهِدَ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوَ فَقَدْ إِسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَى ابن كثير he mentions regarding this ayah that the meaning of it is that the one who rebuts and leaves and rejects the partners and deities that are called upon besides Allah. And in reality that is calling upon the shaitan. All of those other affairs, deities that are worshipped besides Allah, 
he abandons all of that and he worships Allah alone upon sincerity. And he testifies that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. That he will not go to the graves and make the dua there, thinking that these awliya or the peer will take his dua to Allah. He's not going to go to any other place and go make tawaf around those graves and shrines. He's not even going to go to the grave of the Prophet ﷺ to make dua and to ask. Because he knows that he is upon this iman and this tawheed which is not to direct worship to anyone else besides Allah. So then that is the individual who has taken the firm grasp, the firm handhold to be upon that correct position, the upright position, as Allah said, وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاطِي مُسْتَقِيمًا that indeed this is my straight path. So follow it and do not follow these distorted pathways. So the clinging on to this firm handhold, the meaning of it is that you have grasped that in the best manner. The best and the strongest manner of grasping it is through being upon iman and doing those righteous actions upon sincerity without uh, uh, having any other de- uh, deviances or doubts in amongst that. Then the Shaykh mentioned some of the statements of the scholars on that ayah further, indicating that this is Iman, and it is Tawheed, and the righteous actions, as we mentioned briefly. After that there was the ayah, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ That no, by Allah, they truly do not believe until this ayah, يُخْبِرُ جَلَّ وَعَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْإِيمَانَ الظَّاهِرُ وَالْبَاطِنِ يَحْسُلُ بِثَلَاثَةِ أُمُورِ In this ayah, Allah mentions that your iman, apparently and openly, and also inwardly and concealed in your hearts, all of that, it occurs and it comes about via three things. To have the iman in your hearts and to have the iman openly and apparently as well. All of that comes about via three things, this ayah mentions. أولها, the first of them is تحكيم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وهو تحكيم شخص شخصه في حياته وهو تحكيم شخصه في حياته وتحكيم شرعه بعد مماته. To have the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم as the judge, to take his rulings as the rulings, i.e. the revelation that was given to him, as Allah said وما ينطق عن الهوى the Prophet ﷺ doesn't speak with his desires. So to you have the Prophet ﷺ as the return point, to make all of the judgments from the Prophet ﷺ, the rulings, the revelation. Whilst he was alive, then they would go to him directly. And after his death, then we return back to the legislation, the Sharia, the Quran, the Sunnah, to make our judgments based upon the second affair, intifa' al-haraj min al-nufus, hal al-tahkim, wa hadha yastazim qabool al-hikm, ma'a tisa' al-sudur wa nshirahiha laha, lahu. The second aspect is that when a person in any dispute, in any quarrel, in any issue, returns that back to the Qur'an and the Sunnah to see what the correct position is, when he does that and he finds the correct ruling, he does not have any issue in his heart against it. Rather, he is compliant and obedient and subservient to the ruling and he is pleased and happy with the commandment of Allah with that revelation. Not that he has something in his heart against that ruling, that he doesn't want it to be like that. He doesn't have any 
grudge towards it. He doesn't have any issue towards it. Rather, he accepts it and he's subservient to the ruling of Allah. He, he accepts the judgment given in that revelation. The third aspect is to then completely submit to the ruling. Whatever the ruling is, then that's exactly how you do it. It's like the narration of Uqbat ibn Amr. When he went to the Prophet ﷺ to ask about his wife. He was married to a woman and both of them had been breastfed by the same woman when they were younger. So he went to the Prophet ﷺ and he asked him about this issue. And the Prophet ﷺ said, كَيْفَ وَقَدْ قِيلَ what, am I, what is to be said now? The ruling is clear. It's not allowed. So that's it. The companion took the ruling. Uh, whatever the ruling was, however it came, then they would submit to that. And they would not have any issue in their heart. What about this? What about that? They would not bring any deviancy, any doubts, any statements, yes but this and yes but that and yes but this and turning and moving and going around in circles. When the ruling it comes, then they would accept it and they would submit to it. And this is what's mentioned from this ayah. Um, there's a hadith which is mentioned regarding this, narrated by Al-Bukhari, fi kitab tafsir and Urwat ibn Zubair, qal, khasama Zubairu rajulan min al-ansar fi shurayj min al-hirra, that uh, Zubair, he was debating with a man from the Ansar uh, about a, a flow, like a, the river and the flow where the water was coming in agriculture. What's it mentioned? A national mountain stream. Stream, a stream. There was a stream that they were debating over. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Isqiya Zubair, thumma arsil al-ma'a ila jarik. The Prophet ﷺ said to Zubair, use the water... To agri, uh, to, for your agriculture, etc. And then after that, allow it to flow down to your neighbor. Use the water as you need, then allow it to flow down to your neighbor from that stream. فَقَالَ الْأَنْصَارِ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ أَنْ كَانَ ابْنُ عَمَّتِكَ Have you given this ruling because he is your uh, auntie's son? Cousin. Cousin. ابْنُ عَمَّتِكَ Auntie's son specifically, cousin. Are you giving this ruling because he is your cousin? Ibn Ammatika, the son of your auntie. So the facial appearance of the Prophet changed when he heard this statement. That are you giving this ruling just because he is your cousin? So then the Prophet said, He said, Use the water, then keep it restrained. What does it say there? Uh, withhold the water. Withhold. Withhold the water until it returns to the... Up to your walls. Retain the water until it goes up to your walls, then allow it to go down to your neighbor. وَاسْتَوْعَى النَّبِيُّ سَلَّمْ لِلزُّبَيْرِ حَقَّهُ فِي صَرِيحِ الْحُكَمِ هِنَا أَحْفَظَهُ الْأَنْصَارِ كَانَ أَشَارَ عَلَيْهِمَا بِأَمْرٍ لَهُمَا فِيهِ سَعَى قَالَ الزُّبَيْرِ فَمَا أَحْسِبُ هَذِهِ الْآيَاتِ إِلَّا نَزَلَتْ فِي ذَلِكَ فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ So then it's mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ gave Zubair his right. He gave him his right فِي صَرِيحِ الْحُكَمْ In that clear ruling. هِنَا أَحْفَظَهُ 
What does it mention there? حين أحفظه الأنصار كان أشار عليهما. When the Ansari provoked the anger, when he mentioned that statement, بِأَمْرٍ لَهُمَا فِيهِ سَعَةٍ in an affair where there was some leeway in it. There was some leeway in it, but then after that the full right was given. And the point being that Zubair then mentioned that this ayah was relevant to that situation, that none of you truly believes or none of you is truly upon that belief until you make the Prophet ﷺ the judge between your affairs and you are content with the judgment of the Prophet ﷺ. And that is similar to the other ayah in the Qur'an. فَإِن تَنَازَعَتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ If you dispute about something, then return it back to Allah and the Messenger. إِن كُنْتُمْ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ If truly you believe in Allah on the last day, ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ وَأَحْسَنُ تَأْوِيلًا That is better and a better understanding. قال الشيخ عبد الرحمن بن سعدي الشيخ عبد الرحمن بن سعدي Rahimullah Ta'ala mentioned regarding this. ثُمَّ أَمَرَ بِرَدِّ كُلِّ مَا تَنَازَعَ النَّاسُ فِيهِ مِنْ أُصُولِ الدِّينِ وَفَرُوعِهِ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَإِلَى الرَّسُولِ Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala commanded us to return back all of our affairs that we dispute in to the Prophet ﷺ and to the, or to Allah and to the Prophet. Everything you dispute about, return it back there. And that is relevant to all of the affairs. Now, if we say, for example, the methodology of Jama'at al-Tabliq is wrong. How and why? Return it back to the Qur'an and the Sunnah and see. And when you return it back to the Qur'an and the Sunnah, you see that the Prophet ﷺ, his priority was giving da'wah to Tawheed and Shirk. That was the priority. Also, one of the principles was knowledge before actions. Various aspects of this nature, which you see that the Jama'at al-Tabliq do not implement. And so thereby, therefore, therefore, by returning it to the Qur'an and the Sunnah, you realize which methodology is correct and which methodology is not. You have, for example, the khawarij. Those individuals now who speak about the rulers, and the rulers are kuffar, and they speak about terrorist bombings and extremism, and they say we promote all of that. Like some of these individuals now, Al-Awlaqi who has passed away, he used to promote these types of things. And it's a, it's a, it's a terrible shame that people are confused by this individual. And that people still listen to his cassettes and his CDs and they promote them and they distribute them and they don't advise the people who are listening to them. That individual was upon the methodology of the khawarij. He himself says, you remember a few years ago that incident about the underwear bomber. That individual who tried to blow up an airplane with some chemicals in his underwear. And he got through the security and he got onto the plane, but he didn't manage to blow up. You remember this story a few years ago. Awlaqi, he's passed away now, but he said at the time, he said, that man who tried to do that, he's one of my students. I'm very proud of him. I'm proud of him, he's one of my students who tried to do that. Got past all that security and everything. I'm very proud of him. So then the person who was interviewing him said to Al-Awlaqi, he said, but how, like, how come? Or something to this effect, how can that be? This was an aeroplane with innocent people on them. They would have died. It could have been kids there. It could have been Muslims on there. How is that something to be proud of? Is that, how is that jihad? Blowing up some aeroplane with just innocent people on it. So what was Al-Awlaqi's response? And this was summarized to you and perhaps make it clear why this individual is to be abandoned completely. He said, well, if we could kill American soldiers, that would be good. But the reality we live in, you can't get to them. So, in that case, if we can blow up one of the airplanes, so be it. That was his response. 
words to that effect. And they are available everywhere. All these cassettes and lectures of his are available. This is how he thinks. He says, well, if you can get to American soldiers, good, but you can't. So let's go blow up an airplane then. This is the way they think the Khawarij. This is their distorted mentality of what they think the religion is. Because they don't go back to the Quran and the Sunnah in understanding how to practice the religion. And so they believe that it's permissible to go blow up any bus. Maybe there's a Muslim sat on the bus. Muslims, plural, sat on the bus. Children sat on the bus. No one done anything but go and blow it up just because that bus, it's a London bus that is red and the London is part of the UK and they are attacking so we go blow up the bus. This is the mentality how it works. That is the stupidity and the degrading state these people find themselves in. And yet you find people now apologetic. No, but he has good lectures. He speaks about seerah. This is from the deception of this individual. That he speaks about these topics and gives these type of lectures. Then afterwards he brings his poison. And mixes it in. Advising the youth and everybody to go and attack and to go out and do all types of acts of stupidity outside of the rulings of Islam. So we say, with anything, return back to the Quran and the Sunnah. The Quran and the Sunnah does not dictate in any way that a Muslim goes and blows up some hotel, blows up some bus, blows up some airplane. It is not in the Quran and the Sunnah, it is in the stupidity and the degraded minds of those individuals. So this is what it says here now. With any dispute, return back to the Quran and the Sunnah. If indeed you truly believe in Allah on the last day for the resolvement of that dispute. Then there was the hadith at the end. لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يكون هواه تبعا لما جئت به. None of you truly believes until his desires are in line with that which I have come with. This hadith, even though it's mentioned by some of the scholars sometimes because of some of the benefits to be taken from it, the hadith in of itself is not authentic. Many of the scholars say this particular hadith is weak. Many of the scholars are of the position that this particular hadith is weak. Due to certain things in the chain of narration. However, the reason why the hadith is here, as the Shaykh mentions, أَمَّا مَعْنَ الْحَدِيثِ فَهُوَ أَنَّ الْإِنسَانِ لَا يَكُونُ مُؤْمِنًا كَامِلًا الْإِيمَانَ الْوَاجِبِ حَتَّى تَكُونُ مَحَبَّتُهُ تَابِعًا لِمَا جَاءَ بِهِ الرَّسُولَ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مِنَ الْأَوَامِرِ وَالنَّوَاهِ The meaning of the hadith is clear though. That a person can't be a true believer until he loves that which Allah loves. And he hates that which Allah hates. Which we mentioned already to a degree. Al-wala wal-bara. Loving that which Allah loves. So the commandments which Allah has given us, then you love those commandments and you are hasty and eager to fulfill those commandments of Allah. And you love those commandments and those worships. And at the same time, that which Allah hates, then you hate those affairs. Kufr and shirk. And disobedience, you hate those affairs. Bid'ah, innovation, you hate that. Because bid'ah, innovation is something that's going against what the Prophet ﷺ taught us. So when an individual falls into innovation, he falls into bid'ah, doing something which the Prophet ﷺ did not command us to do, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not command us to do, then surely an individual who is going to enjoin the good and forbid the evil and is upon sincerity, will advise the people that this is an innovation. Like the example we've mentioned so many times, a scholar, uh, some of the scholars mentioned, they say, you know one of your relatives needs to have some surgery, and he's going to go to a particular surgeon. But you know that this surgeon is somebody who's not a good surgeon. He has a bad reputation. He's been warned against by other surgeons that you know. And the government took his 
papers away from him, his, his license away from him. He only just got it back. You know all of this history about this surgeon. Then one of your family members one day says, I'm having an operation, I'm going to that surgeon. What are you going to do? Are you going to sit there quietly knowing everything you know about the history of that particular surgeon and what happened to him with the law and the authorities with his bad reputation of surgery and ruined operations? Are you going to say, okay, go? Or are you going to say, no, this surgeon, we know about him. Look at the newspapers from this time. Look at the article about him five years ago. He's a very bad surgeon, very bad reputation. So many ruined operations. Don't go to him. There's a good hospital over there. Go look for someone there. Would anybody disagree with that? Or is that what everybody would naturally do? That is what everybody would naturally do. If you knew of that affair of this surgeon, you would say, no, don't. Bad reputation, ruined operations. Go to somebody else in that hospital, find someone there. Everybody would do that. But when it comes to innovation, some individual is performing some innovation or some deviancy against the principles of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, then all of a sudden, no, but we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to get involved in that. The scholars told us not to get involved. This is what some of those deviants bring. Some of those degraded individuals. No, the scholars said, don't get involved. MashaAllah. So when the surgeon, your family member is going to go to him, are you going to try to use this type of speech? No, don't get involved. Let him go. Inshallah, the surgeon will do a good job this time. Anybody going to think that way? This is the degraded way of some of those people who claim to be a fan salafiyyah, and they use these statements, these statements out of context, to try to say, no, we don't refute people, we can't say anything about this one, we can't say anything about that one. And the reality is, you're doing that out of advice. Ad-deenun nasiha. The religion is advice. You're doing that to advise the people, this is not where you take your religion from. These people are not teaching from the Quran and the Sunnah correctly and accurately. So that's what the meaning of the final hadith is in summary, uh, which is that a person, he can truly only be upon that iman if he loves that which the commandments have taught. He loves that which Allah loves. He loves that which the Prophet ﷺ taught us. And he hates that which Allah hates and the Prophet ﷺ hates. And that is like the hadith, لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى أكون أحب إليه من والده ووالده والناس أجمعين. None of you truly believes until I am more beloved to him than his father, his son, and all of the people. And the ayah in the Quran, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ Say if you truly love Allah, or you say if you truly love me, uh, truly love Allah, then follow me, and Allah will forgive for you your sins and love you. Allah will love you and forgive for you your sins. So the love of that which is there in terms of obedience and goodness and commandments, you love those. Not that you think, oh, well, this commandment, it's difficult. This one's hard. This one will leave, it won't bother. That sin, it's not too bad, we'll do it. Not this way. The true iman that you love what Allah loves and you hate what Allah hates. And that's what's mentioned at the end of that. And that is part of the meaning or something that some, everybody should understand with regards to the la ilaha illallah. When you say la ilaha illallah, these are some of the aspects and meanings you need to be understanding. This is what's required. Not just to say, La ilaha illallah, and then go do tawaf around the grave somewhere. These are the conditions of it. And so next week, inshallah ta'ala, will be the final lesson on this particular topic, which is talking about the conditions of La ilaha illallah. We will speak about the final condition next week. And then after that, we will begin a new topic, inshallah ta'ala. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een.